We're all about turning a crappy situation into something positive. A quarter million dollars of credit card debt. I still debt. remember the day when no one turned up. Throw it in the garbage and start from scratch. I could give myself a chance, so I started something. I mean, I think that counts as from poop to gold. <laughs> our sponsor for this episode is our 14-day video script challenge. Yes, we are sponsoring our own show. Yes, we are. <laughs> Welcome back to From Poop to Gold. I'm Benton Crane, your co-host and the CEO of Harmon Brothers. Today I am joined by a very special guest. I have with me today on the line, David Bayer. Welcome to the show, David. Ben, thanks for having me. David, tell our listeners who is David Bayer and what do you do? Well, yeah, I guess it depends which day you ask me. But um, most recently, I'm the president of a company called David Bayer Businesses. We're a coaching and training company. We work with entrepreneurs to help them grow their businesses. And at the core of all that is really teaching what uh, a lot of people are referring to as personal development 2.0. It's really leading edge understandings and, and methodologies and technologies for helping people use their mind to begin to rewire and redesign their own brains. So to, to fundamentally change the way that they think because we believe that your beliefs and your perceptions and the way that you think really dictate the quality of life and ultimately whether or not you achieve your full potential. And so we, we get to work with really extraordinary you know, people every day who uh, feel called to a higher purpose and a higher potential in their lives. So what's the difference between personal development 1.0 versus 2.0? I think that, um, and it's, it's, it's a distinction, not a criticism. There's an evolution of self-help and personal development. And I think for the last 30 or 40 years, we've been in a space of personal growth, which has been a lot of philosophy mm -hmm. uh, and understanding that we shouldn't be listening to our fears and understanding that our limiting beliefs are holding us back. Uh, there's been a lot of motivation. There's been a lot of inspiration. But what we have seen over the last several years is we have an entire generation of people who have become acutely self-aware of what's holding them back, but have no idea what to do about it. Okay. And so as, as, as you sort of emerge into the 2.0 version uh, of personal growth, it's really understanding uh, this distinction of how to use your mind or what we would call mental technologies or mental concepts and neuroplasticity to begin to eliminate those habitual patterns of thinking that are causing you distress in your life and also preventing you from, from doing more and being more uh, and consciously redesigning who you are, which is a really exciting you know, understanding that we, we have the capacity to um, not only change the way that we uh, habitually think, but as we do so, it, it literally transform our neuro neurobiology, our, our genetic expression, um, and, and who we are. So it's, that, that's sort of the difference between good old motivation and inspiration and, wh and what we're talking about with transformation. That, that's, a, that's amazing. That's a subject that I would love to, uh, love to do a deep dive into and understand it more. Um, here, here's a question for you. One of my personal mentors, uh, Paul Allen, uh, for several years, he's, uh, he's one of the co-founders of Ancestry.com. This is not the Microsoft Paul Allen. This is the Ancestry.com Paul Allen. Um, but for several years, he was the, uh, the strengths evangelist at Gallup, and he kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, traveled the world spreading this, this idea that, you know, psychology for so many years was focused on identifying our weaknesses and what's holding us back. And, and he, he and, and the people around him at Gallup were trying to flip that conversation on its head and say, instead, focus on your strengths and what makes you... Uh, you know, a superhuman, what, what is your superpower and how do you lean into that and, um, and, and run with that? Is that somewhat aligned with, with what you're saying where, you know, it used to be identifying what's holding you back and now it's focusing on what to do about it and how to push forward. Are those aligned at all? 
I think so. I think that's part of the conversation, uh, understanding that there's an intelligent design at work in life. And we can see that for, at a, from, from a meta example like the cosmos down into how sort of the, the perfection of, of how life interacts on Earth, down into the different species and inside the human being at the intelligence inside the body. And the different species are designed with uh, different strengths and capabilities. And, and those are intentional, right? They should be used. And so every human being um, has an intelligent design to their life and, and to, their, to, their, to their human being machine. And so that's an important thing to understand while simultaneously understanding that over time we construct a personality. Mm -hmm. We can construct a perspective of ourselves that oftentimes has its roots in the opinions of others. Uh, and those opinions d were not conducive to us operating with our full expression and our full capacity. And so we've been living most of us most of the time in a very limited way. And so as we start to unpack that personality, and create a blank canvas to operate off of, we open up more possibilities in our life while leveraging right, the, the skills and the gifts and the talents that we, we've been uniquely given through intelligent design. Wow, in, incredible. How did you get here? What, what, what was your path like? <laughs> I, um, in, in, my background was always in, uh, in entrepreneurship and early internet marketing. So in 2004, 2005, I started getting into search engine optimization. I started a company in 2005 that was a venture-backed company that leveraged an acute understanding of how search engines worked with uh, lead generation in the financial services sector. And it, it was around 2009 when, when the markets crashed and that business became very challenging that I also realized that I had a drug and alcohol addiction and I had been living a very unmanageable life for a long time. Mm -hmm. And so in, in what at the time felt like extreme chaos, uh, I started working a 12 step program mm -hmm. and I, uh, that was my entree to this idea that there was a power greater than myself. Mm -hmm. uh, and simultaneously a number of things happened. I went to an airport and I wasn't a big reader, but this kind of book called off uh, uh, from the shelf at me. And I went over to the book and grabbed it. It was called awakening the Buddha within. So while I was working a 12 step program, I started studying the tenets of Buddhism. One of my employees left a book called Kingdom Principles by Miles Monroe on my desk and said, hey, I don't know why, I just had a feeling you might be interested in reading this, which made no sense whatsoever because I, I was not an avid reader. And, and so then I started looking at, at Christ's in, interpretation of the world um, and I saw a pattern because that was my background was search engine algorithms. I, mm -hmm. I saw that there was something really profound uh, a message that was being communicated across wisdom teachings, mm -hmm. um, across the spectrum of science and spirituality. And I became really obsessed with human performance. And in particular, because I was working on, uh, working through my addiction, mm -hmm. uh, I became fascinated with the addicted brain and, yep. and, and neuroplasticity. So all that really hit at the same time uh, and, and opened up sort of a, a rabbit hole that I've never really climbed back out of. Um, was there was there sort of a uh, you know a quote unquote rock bottom moment that kind of like uh, was a turning point where you realized like okay uh, I I can't continue like this something's got to change and 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 what did that moment look like for you what did it feel like Yeah I don't know that I've ever actually shared this part of my story um, publicly but it it was a period of time where i was really trying to manage my my drinking and and drug use and my drug of choice was marijuana mm -hmm. and uh which is why i figured out how search engines worked <laughs> but <laughs> but but uh i was trying to manage it for a while and uh, we had this thing where i lived called wine down wednesdays everybody would go out for wine and i hadn't had wine for like a month because i was trying to manage my addiction and i went out i, I had a glass of wine which led to another and another and another and i ended up you know being out at a club till two in the morning and i came home the next day 
and I woke up in the morning and my body hurt everywhere. I couldn't figure out why. I had been working out for a while, so it wasn't like a, 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 new, a, a new muscle pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went into work. I worked my normal day as, as CEO of my company, and I came home at around 7 o'clock at night. And it was the first time I'd ever blacked out, and it all came rushing back to like what had happened the night before. I, I, I was at a bar. I started something with some guys. Three of them jumped me. I got thrown out by bouncers. And I was like, this isn't who I am. Like, I, I'm not quite sure how I got to where I'm at. And, and, you know, fortunately my, my, my brother was in the addiction treatment space uh, a few years, you know, ahead of me, he had gone through a, a drug and alcohol addiction. And so I called him and I said, you know, what, what do I need to do? And he said, you need to start working on a 12 step program. And, and at that time it was like this, it didn't really make sense. It's like, what do you mean I'm an addict? What do you mean? I can't just stop this. What do you mean? I have to start going to a 12 step meeting every day. Like I yeah. don't have time for that. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so that was my rock bottom, which, you know, as, as, as you know, um, you know, was also the greatest blessing in my life was, was when that happened because it was the beginning of the, 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 really the beginning of the transition into who I am now, even though there've been a bunch of different milestones. Um, and, and the beginning of, of developing the understanding and the capacity to actually have a life that I love. Yeah. That's, that's one of the consistent themes that we pick up on this podcast is that, uh, pretty much everyone looks backwards at kind of, you know, their poop moment and and identifies it as kind of this defining moment that helped shape them and and make them who they are. Yeah. I mean, it does, it's, 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 a, it's a unique emotional experience because it's not so much that my, for me at least, that my self-confidence was shaken. It was an awareness that there was never any real confidence there from the beginning, right? That it was an awareness that like everything that I thought um, supported my self-identity wasn't real and wasn't created out of anything that I really cared about. And, and so for a while, for a while, there was a holding on to it because when you, when, when I finally let go of all of it, it, it it's terrifying because you're in a free fall. You know, I'm not, I'm not who I, I'm not, I'm not cool. Like I thought I, I thought I was, um, all of the significance I built up. So I didn't have to deal with my pain really means nothing. Um, I've, I've been a, I've been a jerk to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, the the career that I've spent the last 15 years building up was all driven by a false sense of identity and an inauthenticity. I mean, it's a it's a smashing moment. Um, it's, it's, it's like shattering your your world. Yeah, and 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 I, and I find that it comes over time. Like I don't know that the human psyche has the ability to take it all in at once. <laughs> and so you know, it was a it was a process and an unfolding. You know, for over the course of a year. Uh, of hitting these new revelations that um, that that everything I had built up was was false, and and you know it's interesting because we you look back as as you articulately expressed and and when we realize that those those poop moments are our gold moments right and and one of the greatest gifts from that has been my ability and and obviously it's a work in process but to start experiencing your new poop moments as gold almost immediately. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, it's kind of like fool me once, you know, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. It's like, you know, you, once, once you do it enough, then you literally start to retrain your nervous system. And you're like, okay, I'm in one of those moments again. Wow, this must be something really you know, special on the other side of this. But at that time back then, without having any context, I mean, it was, it was the hardest time of my life. I, I'm so glad you described it like that because um, it, it was a few years ago. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the book. Um, Oh, it's the name of the book is is slipping my mind, but I read this book about a, a guy who served in World War II as a chaplain. 
and he's in the middle of World War II and everything around him is just horrific. You know, people are dying left and right. People are sick. There's hunger. There's starvation. Just all of these horrible things going on. And um, in the midst of that, um, he's he's studying. I think he was studying the Bible, if I remember correctly. And um, and he came uh, he came to a verse that instructed him to be grateful for all things. And and he's like looking around, and he's like all things like how am i supposed to be grateful for this like this is this is horrific this is terrible i can't i can't be grateful for this and um and but as he as he thought and studied and pondered about that you know directive to be grateful for all things he decided to try to put it into practice and and actually express gratitude for what he was experiencing even though it was horrific and um and I remember as I read that, I was like, that makes so much sense because my whole life, I've always heard people talk about horrible things in the past tense. It, they're always like, you know, I'm so grateful I went through it. It made me who I am. Um, you know, it, it was so hard, but I'm, I, I, I appreciate it so much. But when they're talking in the, in the present tense, it's always words like, um, oh, just get through it, you know, endure it you know, this will pass, you know, those, those type of things. And I realized that disconnect. I was like, wait a second, why can't you, why can't you be grateful in the moment as you're going through something hard and appreciate it for what it is? And, and so as I tried to put that into practice in my own life, I was blown away at how much more manageable the hard things that we go through are when you can stop for a second and appreciate the journey that, that you're going through. And so that, just in conversation with you, that's kind of the first time I've ever heard someone else express, uh, express that same thing. Uh, and I just appreciate the heck out of that. Yeah, the, well, the classic text there is man's search for meaning, right? And, and the, um, the, the current global situation is certainly contextually relevant to that understanding too, right? Is it really possible that every challenge and every crisis we go through is a gift. If we look at our own lives and we look back historically at it, we see it to be, I, I believe for most of us, 100% true, right? There may be some instances that we haven't been able to recontextualize with clarity yet. And so the, the key, and it actually speaks to a lot of what we're you know, working with individuals and entrepreneurs to learn how to do, is to retrain your nervous system so that in the present moment challenges, even though you don't yet have optics on how it's true, you can experience it as gold. Right. Because when you do that, you, you conserve a tremendous amount of energy and suffering and and uh, and worry and, you know, emotional states that cause us to take action that are completely counterproductive to the results that we're trying to produce when we're in the midst of a challenge. And so right. it goes back to that image of, you know, Jesus uh, as the disciples are, uh, you know, um, on top of the ship and the winds have kicked up, you know, coming up and rebuking the winds and being unshakable in the midst of the storm. And, and that is a practice, right? And, yeah. and to your point, like as you begin to learn how to apply it imperfectly at first, everything starts to change. Yeah, yeah. It, so I don't know when this, uh, when this interview will go live exactly. Um, uh, I leave that in producer Keith's hands. But, um, but we're recording it right in the midst of the COVID-19 uh, chaos. Um, you know, states all over the, the country are on lockdown. In fact, I think, David, you just mentioned that, that Florida just barely went on lockdown today. Um, so uh, it's been interesting because as I'm in the midst of trying to lead my, my company 
And at the same time, I'm trying to comfort my family and give my kids, you know, reassurances through this. I've had a couple of moments where kind of the stress and the uncertainty was kind of starting to get under my skin and I could feel myself really uh, uh, kind of letting the stress shut me down a little bit. And, and so I, I tried to implement this exact practice where, where, that we're talking about right now, where I actually stood back and I expressed real gratitude for getting to experience what we're experiencing right now. I mean, history is literally being written, you know, as we speak, and we're going through these incredible experiences that historians are going to be talking about for years and years and years, and our grandkids will look back at this and, and study in, in, in textbooks and stuff. And we're experiencing it, and I think we have the opportunity to stop and be grateful uh, for this experience and what we're going through and all the things that we're going to get to learn from it. Um, it's, it. It's actually kind of awesome when you think about it in that light. Yeah, the, cur- the current situation is incredibly dualistic because on one hand, you know, the, the, the Indian prime minister or the Supreme Court just came out and said, uh, we have a bigger problem than COVID-19. And it's the fact that as a result of the shutdown of COVID-19, millions of people are going to die of starvation in our country. And we see how, you know, um, elderly are, are, are victims of, mm-hmm. of the virus. And we see how we have an unprepared medical force, like God bless them, that is, that is sacrificing themselves to be the front line against all of this. And so on one hand, we see all of that. On the other hand, we walk around our neighborhood and kids are drawing hopscotch on the sidewalk again. And people who haven't ridden a bike in years are riding bikes and people are getting out in the sun and grounding their feet in the grass. And you see a decrease in the carbon footprint and carbon emissions around the world. You, like there's so many benefits as a result of this thing. And so, yeah, it's, it's the acknowledgement that there are challenges and we need to be resourceful in overcoming them while simultaneously understanding that what's happening at the same time through intelligent design is an incredible gift and a blessing. And when you, when you can operate in that way, then you can be where you've been, which is solid for yourself, and then creating solidity around you, right, with your family mm-hmm. and your team. Or get caught up in the hysteria and the panic, which, you know, doesn't accurately reflect fully the present moment and what's going on. I love it. I love it. Man, th- this, uh, this, uh, this subject lights a fire in me. I can tell. Where- yeah, me too. That's why we do what we do. Where, uh, where can our listeners and I personally learn more? Where, where should we be following you? Yeah, best place is davidbayer.com, uh, B-A-Y-E-R, davidbayer.com. There's a, there's a download of, of my ebook. It's, it's been downloaded over 200,000 times over the last couple of years. It's called MindHack. And so it talks about some of the fundamental principles that we're, we're talking about here. Um, I'm on Instagram with davidbayer33. We've got our YouTube channel. Um, and we actually just created a, a group where people are coming together during this time. And I don't know, you know, again, Benton, when this is going to broadcast, but it's called David Bear Citadel. Uh, as we're bringing people together and really unifying people mm-hmm. behind this right perception that you and I are talking about and supporting them, you know, through teachings, trainings, community, like-minded tribe, uh, you know, during this transition in this period of time. Fantastic. Um, any final, uh, any final tips that you would have for our audience? So we, we, our audience is largely entrepreneurs and marketers. Yeah. Um, if, if you had to uh, part with one piece of advice, what would that be? So there's, if, if you were to ask me, what's the number one thing you could do to grow your business and make a greater impact and, and, and be more market differentiated and, um, and do everything that you want to do around your business, one of the things we teach is that there's only two states of being, meaning there, there are powerful states of being or primal states of being. And powerful states are states that feel good, like excitement, joy, curiosity, and passion. And primal states are states that don't feel good, like so, any form of fear or jealousy or anger or boredom. 
and you're always in one state of other being or the other, and you're never in two at the same time. And, and all of your resource, all of your incredible messaging, all of your ideas, all of your leadership capacity, that all comes from being in a powerful state, which is the expression of the parasympathetic nervous system. So the number one thing that you could be doing as an entrepreneur is actually developing a practice of, to relax because we've habituated ourselves to being in fight or flight. Mm. And uh, a lot of the hustle and grind mentality around business growth is related to this. And even though you may be achieving some things, you're not achieving nearly what you could be achieving if you were operating from a flow state of rest and relaxation and from a powerful state of being. So um, th this, this current situation has actually given me an opportunity to do it four times a day for 10 to 20 minutes a day. I'm doing something that is training my nervous system to be in parasympathetic, whether it's Tai Chi or meditation or going for a walk around the block or ohm chanting. Uh, but it's the most powerful thing you can do to step into your next level of power. And especially if you're creating through your business as an entrepreneur, there's so much focus on the strategies, which believe me, I appreciate. I'm, I'm, I'm a business strategist as well. But the key to actually having it all is for us to be operating from a powerful state and developing a practice to support that. I love it. Love it. David, thank you for coming on the show. Ben, thank you. This has been awesome. And what a great way to spend my self-quarantine. Yeah, and it's been fantastic to get to know you. For our listeners, make sure to like, share, and subscribe. We'll see you on the next episode. As entrepreneurs and small businesses, we all kind of reach that point where we know we've created something awesome and we want to share it with the world, right? Mm -hmm. And it's that very next step that can oftentimes be really intimidating or really scary, or you just don't know where to go next, right? And the beautiful thing about this 14-day script challenge is you get your hand held from, okay, you have this cool product, now let's go research and find the exact way to present it and message it to the world in a way that resonates and gets people excited and they're ready to swipe their credit card and purchase. And in the 14-day script challenge, you get the opportunity to go through that step-by-step -step with our writers who have done it dozens and dozens of times. Yeah, you actually watch us go through each of the steps ourselves and create it with a real client, a real product, and um, it's a real campaign that's out there that's been very successful. That's right. And the feedback that we've had on this thing has just been phenomenal. I mean, we get comment after comment and emails flowing in from people all over the world who have just uh, raved about the impact that this has had on their business. People tell, us over and, people tell us over and over again, it is just a huge value punch for the investment for this 14-day script challenge and, and really gave them the tool set they needed to walk through it and make it happen. And we've had, um, we've had dozens of students who have successfully taken the challenge, written their script, launched their ad campaigns, and driven success for their business. It's pretty amazing. For more information, go to hpros.co slash script.